Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Episode of Best Bets here on the Field of 68, powered by Bet Rivers. I'm Jim Roots, one-third of the three men. We've joined by Kai McEwen, Matt Cox. We know the basketball has already tipped off today, folks. Lots of good games already off to, off to a great start here. That's all right. We're still going to get into what we still have to come. Plenty to look forward to today. A huge day of conference tournament ball. But real quick, we're going to look back on yesterday. Kai, I'm going to start with you. What did you see out there on the lovely courts on Wednesday, <clears throat> College Hoops? Well, Jim, we got two more teams, two more right teams in the field last night with Montana state and Colgate. Good. We're glad we're getting the good conference teams in the field. Should be very tough opponents for either a a two seed or a three seed or a four seed. Even I'm excited to see them in the dance. And then Wisconsin season's done. Goodbye Badgers. You're not making the tournament. It was fun knowing you, Matthew. You're very beat up about that. I'm sure. Yeah, that was my take. I was just going to do the old uh, Wisconsin and the home plate umpire. (laughs) <laughs> you're out Send of here. Them. You're out of here. Gone. Um, yeah, nothing else profound, Jim. Just a lot of um, not a lot of I would say a few notable examples of teams that maybe had potential the whole year, um, had some you know personnel talent flashes. I mean, St. John's is the one I wanted to mention, and sure enough, right now, look what they're doing to Marquette, right? They uh they put it on Butler. Not that that deserves a medal. Everyone's put it on Butler all year. Uh, but just you know, one that type of uh it's a prototype of team that I think kind of figures to play well uh, in this postseason uh, conference tournament setting. So we'll see if that keeps going for the Johnnies. Uh, my takeaway is that I've completely lost the ability to pick an under. It's gone. I just have no, I'm not even close. No under I bet is even uh, has a chance anymore. So, and yesterday was even like a balanced day. I think unders went 19 and 17. I'm just, it's gone. So if I pick an under, take the over. That's the way to go. That's where we're at right now. All right, let's get into today, guys. Big 12, obviously huge. We've got Iowa State and Baylor already tipped off, but we're going to talk Kansas, West Virginia. Big quarterfinal there, the one seed Jayhawks. Matthew, they're missing their head boss today. Mr. Bill Self is in the Kansas hospital system. 
Sounds like he's doing okay, receiving great care. They, they seem very optimistic in their release, but he won't be there. And he has kind of owned Mr. Huggins 11 and four against the spread last 15 between these two. Bill Self has been, but Huggy covered last game. Bill Self's not there. Do you throw that out? What are you looking at with this one? Yeah. I mean, first off, as you mentioned, uh, T's and P's for Mr. Self. Um, sounds like it's nothing life threatening, which is great. But in this game, from a handicapping perspective, there's been some money that's come in. Um, well, actually, it's kind of balanced out at this point. Open two, it's pretty much sitting at two right now. I think people view that line as too short. Um, analytics don't confirm that. And I actually kind of lean toward West Virginia, Kai, just the way they played yesterday. It looked awesome. Sharing the ball, making shots, getting to the rim relentlessly. Um, even Bob Huggins over there laughing, smiling, which when you know when he's a happy camper, like things must be really going well. I just kind of get this sense that the West Virginia has been a team that people viewed as a uh, analytic darling, not as good as the numbers indicate, but I think now they're actually actualizing uh, what the data has shown out the whole season with, you know, consistent efforts. Let's see if they prove it today. That's where I lean. Um, but uh, man, too short though. I'd like to get like three or four with, uh, with the years here. Uh, you're arguing four. It's four. Yeah. Four and a half. Yeah. Oh, so, if I'm looking at the first half line. Yeah. Okay. That's why I, I like it at four and a half. I like it at four <laughs> yes. and a half. I'm sorry. Maddie uh, first half's too locked in in the first stanza. My fault. Yeah, I, I, I was a uh, bet. It's coming from a first half game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I, I was a West Virginia non-believer in terms of their analytic rankings. But yeah, impressive winning against Texas Tech yesterday. Hey, Market's not quite a believer in them either, though. Ken Palm says it's two. Market's four, four and a half. I think that's more the correct line here. Um, West Virginia certainly played themselves probably, okay, I won't say certainly, into the field yesterday. With that win, especially since the committee kind of calls it quits today anyways, um, they gave them a good game. West Virginia gave KU a good game in Fog Allen about a week ago. Their intensity, their rebounding ability, their toughness, it always gives them a, a fighter's chance in these games. I do lean towards their way as a four-point dog here. Jim, I do think KU wins, um, despite no Bill Self on the sidelines. Being in Kansas City helps, um, and KU's just rock solid. But West Virginia at plus four, plus four and a half is the way I'm leaning on the number. Yeah, there's only a couple games left for Eric Stevenson to screw me here. Um, and when I go against him like I did yesterday, he is hot, hot, hot. And then today I'm looking to back him. I, I lean West Virginia pretty seriously here too. I'm sure he will be frigid, ice cold. Uh, no Wagi for West Virginia. It takes away a little size where they could actually probably beat up Kansas inside. But then the other end, like if Jimmy Bell's out there, West Virginia might be in trouble guarding in space. Kansas is going to move him around and uh, get, get downhill off penetration. West Virginia was actually really competitive at, in Fog Allen uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So sure. perhaps there is something here. Uh, they can hang around neutral court here. Probably a very pro Kansas crowd, though, in KC. That's maybe a little bit a part of the handicap. Lean West Virginia against the market here. Uh, not confident enough to just jump in and, and punch <laughs> all the way back. Maddie Hitmonchan style. Not, not going to get there. Are we surprised the line hasn't really moved since the Bill Self news? A little bit. A little yeah, bit. I'm not sure it know. should. I'm just kind of surprised that it hasn't moved a little bit. Right. I think we should give more credit to the market. Prep and everything. Right. Let's give. I think the market's just maybe smarter than we give it credit for sometimes. Um, I'm not saying it's dumb. I'm just saying I'm surprised. I am a little surprised too. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm coming around to the realization that maybe I shouldn't be surprised that we sh I should give the market credit of the benefit of the doubt. Maybe. Back to you. Right, let's let's go Big East. Uh, UConn versus Providence, big one there in the Big East quarters. UConn a seven-point favorite. Bakai, Providence's dog. We talk about it a lot on the show. Cooley at Providence, 107 and 75 and three, 58.8%. Mm. That's all locations. He's better as a road dog. It goes up when he's on the road. 
but now we're talking neutral. He is seven and two in his last nine as a dog. However, they got blasted by UConn like two weeks ago, totally outclassed. Are you seeing that happening again here? Yeah, Cooley Magic versus arguably the best team in the country right now from a current form perspective. Um, UConn, like you said, Jim, they bounced back in game two after that first Providence lost. One by 18, bloodbath on the boards, grabbed 55% of their misses, and they crushed Providence in the paint. Sonogo was seven for eight from the field. They just have so many weapons and, and tend to overwhelm teams. They can do that to Providence, but there is some talent on this Providence team as well, Matt. Bryce Hopkins, first-team All-League player, Jared Bynum, obviously a very sturdy senior point guard. Ed Croswell, big and strong. At seven points, I tend to lean towards Ed Cooley, his his voodoo magic that he practices when he covers as an underdog at a 60% clip. Uh, yeah, leaning towards Cooley and the Friars at seven. I think UConn wins it, though. I uh, agree. I lean toward Providence as well. Mine's more just a, more based on a technical situational angle. Um, Connecticut, or sorry, Providence off two losses. Uh, two games in which, uh, well, the one before the Seton Hall disaster, you know, they played pretty well against Xavier. I just think they've come out and play better today. Um, just kind of one of those weird situations where you see a team that struggled in the regular season finale or just right before, um, you know, kind of snap back into it. And Connecticut has just been absolutely rolling. The question is, are they just so good that maybe even a letdown Connecticut performance is still too much to overcome? I don't think it is because you're getting Ed cool as a dog, as you guys just talked about. So I lean seven. Um, I lean that way at seven. You can find it. I think it's mostly six and a half though right now. Yeah. I think there's a challenge in the locker room of, you got punked and embarrassed last time we played these guys. You need to keep them off the defensive glass. That's not typical for, for Cooley's teams. They're tough. They battle on the boards. I don't think they'll get clowned on the glass like they did. I wonder, Matt, if there's any distraction about the swirling Cooley Georgetown rumors. Like it seems like those have a little more legs than Providence fans want to believe. And is that part of why they got absolutely decimated in their season finale, uh, just destroyed by Seton Hall and a total embarrassment? Uh, that has me wondering, but I still do lean Providence here. I think they compete. I think they have a much better effort. Tend to like teams off a blowout when they have a really good coach yeah. that can kind of lock them back in. So a uh, big lean to the Friars there. Um, it was considered as a best bet, but I didn't quite get there. All right, now to the SEC. We're bouncing around the conferences here on the first half of the outline Arkansas versus Auburn, big 7-10 game down there, looking to move on and play Texas A&M in the second round. Not a lot of history between these coaches, Kai, uh, just 3-2 and two to Pearl. Pearl's 3-2 and two versus Musselman against the spread. Auburn controlled the first matchup this year. Arkansas couldn't shoot. No shocker. That's kind of who they are. What are you looking at here uh, between the Tigers and the Razorbacks? Yeah, uh, up to three now at Bet Rivers in favor of Arkansas. I, I tend to agree with the money here taking Auburn out of the jungle, put them on a neutral floor. Um, Auburn did win the only matchup that these two faced this season. No Nick Smith in that game, kind of huge. Razorbacks, two for 16 from three, 19 for 32 from the free throw line. So poor shooting, uh, no Nick Smith, not a good recipe there. There's seeding implications here as well for the actual big dance. Um, both teams in the 7 to 10 range right now. I think Arkansas gets the line 20, 30 times again in terms of free throw attempts. Hopefully they hit him this time. And and Nick Smith, man, we said before, total game changer, much better with him on the floor. Obviously, the lottery pick impacts the game. And Arkansas, I think, still is a dark horse to win the SEC tournament. So I, I do lean towards the Razorbacks, Matt, at minus three. Uh, I like the Razorback side here. I don't like the price at all, honestly. Just the last three games, I know I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth, saying I like a team that's coming off two tough efforts. 
But look at the Arkansas defensive performances the last three games. Um, you know, 86, Bama, I know that was a faster-paced game, but still the efficiency wasn't great. Tennessee gave up 75 in a 66-possession game. And then Kentucky, 88. So a little concerned about with the Razorbacks. No in that game. With no Wallace, right. So, I mean, be, Kentucky's not exactly been an offensive uh, juggernaut all year. I, that's my concern here, um, is that maybe this end-of-season trend is not something that'll just be flipped back in the correct fashion with this conference tournament reset here. I, I do worry about that. Um, however, Jim, I also like this spot though, because Auburn seems like they feel like they clenched their bid with that winning against Tennessee. Like that was like the, all right, we're in, you know, get the monkey off your back. Thus could imply to be a letdown for it's from Auburn today. Um, so again, lean Arkansas, but minus three is too much to lay. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not going to lay it either. Auburn's interior defense is too stout against a team like Arkansas that can't shoot. I just, it's a bad kind of matchup set up there. But how much does Nick Smith matter? Uh, like like Kai said, he really elevates things. He can actually shoot from the perimeter. Maybe that uh, changes things compared to the first meeting. Uh, also, Auburn only had eight turnovers against Arkansas. Like Arkansas, you need to get out and run a little bit against this defense. If you can't do that, you can't get Katie Johnson going in transition, Wendell Green in transition, then uh, I think they're going to struggle again. So, well, yeah, situationally, I lean Arkansas. I can't get there on matchup and price. So sitting that one out. All right, Penn State versus Illinois. Producer Trevor behind the scenes is anxious to hear what we're going to say about his Illini. Kyle, I'll go to you first, actually. The the two matchups this year were kind of dominated by Penn State. Jalen Pickett averaged 31, 7, and 5, shot 65% from the field. Illinois had no answer. Is that just going to be the case again? Is this one where Penn State just owns this matchup? Yeah, they handle him twice, right? Beat him by 15, beat him by 12. 12 for 24 and 12 for 28 were Penn State's three-point shooting clips. Pretty good. Uh, it seems like Illinois is a favorable matchup for them, and I think that's because they really can't exploit Penn State's weakness, which is in the interior, rebounding, paint defense. Illinois is not really playing through Dane Danger. Coleman Hawkins wants to be on the perimeter. Uh, and it's very clear that Penn State can find open looks in the perimeter against this Illinois defense. Jalen Pickett should continue to eat their lunch. He had 42 in the second meeting, 20 in the first meeting. Good luck, good luck stopping him. I, I just don't think they can. Uh, and Penn State is clearly on the bubble right now. A win, a win probably gets them in the tournament. Um, you know, it's still up in the air, but it, it would make it pretty hard for the committee for the committee to keep them out. I lean towards the Nittanys here, Matt, at plus two and a half. I like Illinois. Uh, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me thrice. Shame on all of us, whatever. I I think I'm just going to fall in this trap again, but um, I do think Illinois is a better team. I know the first two matchups clearly uh, did not bear that out, but I believe that was just more of a matchup thing than it was an actual caliber of team thing. I think Underwood will make the adjustments today. Um, still worried about the match with Pickett. It's not like they found someone out of the blue who's going to all of a sudden guard him. So I'm probably being a little bit foolish and short-sighted as I emphatically endorse the Illini gym, but that is where I lean. I also have some data that shows um, if you're – in the anti-double revenge angle, basically you lost to a team twice in regular season. If you're favored in the third rubber, uh, pretty strong wager. Not a very common occurrence. You don't see that. But I think mentally I kind of buy that still. Uh, guard Jalen Pickett. Brad, please, just a thought today. I think they're going to try. I just don't know if they can. Uh, he, he was bullying smaller guys into the post. He was taking uh, this bigger, slower wings off the dribble. I kind of perceived Illinois as having the guys that could guard him and match up with him, and they it, it just didn't work out that way. And to add to Kai's point about uh, Illinois not ex, not exploiting Penn State's soft interior, uh, Robbie Hummel called Illinois allergic to driving, which I think was hilarious. Like they just kind of want to pass around the perimeter and end up getting an ISO chuck up a shot. 
when Terrence Shannon gets downhill, he's like impossible to stop, but he doesn't really want to do that. It's like he's in love with his jumper a little bit. And against this Penn State team, you can't do that. You've got to force it to the rim and, and either get their only big and a half in foul trouble or just finish because they don't have much rim protection. So I'm going to lean Penn State there. I think it's a matchup that they really, really control. Uh, and if they win, like I said, they could be in the big dance. And if they're in the big dance, you can back them and run your pool, folks. Field 68 is running a pool with Run Your Pool, partnered up. Rob Doster is very excited about this, a company he is very fond of. He's worked with them before. They've got all different game types. They've got squares, head-to-head, pick-X games, et cetera. All kinds of goodies as we head into March Madness here. So you might as well run your contest with them. And hey, Field 68 is running one. You can sign up at runyourpool.com slash F-I-E-L-D-6-8. That's Field 68 fill out a bracket and you'll be eligible to win $1,500 that they're giving away for free. You do not have to pay to sign up, but you will still be eligible for those winnings. That's pretty sweet. So get in folks. That's runyourpool.com slash field 68. See you on March 12th. Hey, that's in three days selection Sunday. Ooh, that's exciting. All right, let's get back to the outline here. Back to the big 12 TCU, Kansas state. This is a difficult handicap, Matt. Oh, chat mob part on? one. Oh, yeah, you're right. Ooh, let's go chat. Mom. Thank you, Kai. Can you imagine Appreciate ignoring it. the chat? I would My never ignore are... the chat. I got My your back, chat. Good, good, San Jose State, good. Nevada. Good. Let's start there from Paris. Matt, you get the first question. San Jose State, four and a half point underdogs. I took Nevada because I'm a fool and I like fading Tim Miles, who is the best coach in college basketball and has done nothing but print money for his backers this year. However, I do think it's a good spot for Nevada off two straight losses. Um and from a bubble at large standpoint, uh, bracketologist, I'll defer to both of you. I think they need this one, right? Like this, I think you get all the way locked and motivated Nevada. They're yes. right. But and yeah, I don't think San Jose State's going to roll over. The one thing I, Kai, the, I'm sure you'll bring this up. Nevada has smashed them twice, like totally killed them. Yeah. I wasn't going to bring it up. This, I'm, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you okay. did. Right, yeah. San Jose State also not great away from home, right? I think that they really. I'm not going to say that as a blanket statement, but they were much better at home, I think, this season. Uh, Jim, you get from Ethan, Coppin State and Norfolk State. Norfolk State Man. playing 10.5 in the MEAC tournament. It feels a little high. Norfolk was not great towards the end of the season. Coppin could be a reset button postseason, really, really underachieved during the year. Um, so I would lean towards Coppin State, <clears throat> but I also think Norfolk underachieved a little bit during the season. They could roll through this tournament, and this is in Norfolk at Scope Arena. Uh, not the home court of Norfolk State, but very, very nearby. Crowd should be pretty pro Norfolk. Yeah, favorites were awesome in this conference tournament yesterday. Complete it's demolition balls. Yeah, my goodness. Matthew from Matthew, UC hmm. Davis and UC Riverside in your favorite conference, the Big West. UC Riverside is a three point favorite. I kind of lean towards Davis. Took some money there. Yeah. Yeah, at three, I think I agree with you, Kai. Um, however, Riverside's been playing really good down the stretch. I think the number at one and a half, the opener was sharp. At three, I'm tempted to back Davis, but not enough to uh, to hop in. So nothing profound for me. Davis got Beasley back two games ago. That sort of it helps. Is. Yep. Probably healthy. From Kelly and a few others here, NIU and Kent State. Kent State's laying 14 points. I thought that was pretty high. And I'm a big Kent State fan, but it seems kind of high for this tournament setting. Go to Matt. Matt's, Matt's yeah, Northern right. Illinois. Have we have we not been paying attention to what they've done? All year? And they had major injuries even late down the stretch on top of the loss of Keyshawn Williams, who was supposed to be the best player, and they were still competitive. Um, I like NIU here. Maybe it's a uh, maybe they crack and their shot making regression 
monster that's lurking comes back and hits them right in the face. But I just think they're actually good shot makers. They're talented guards. They're legitimately, they're legitimately good on offense. I think they stay inside the number. Jim, the worst ATS team in the country is Tulsa. They are four and 23 and two against the spread. They're 15 and a half, 16 point underdogs to Wichita state. What are your thoughts? If Pritchard and Griffin are out again, I would just keep fading this team. I think they're truly horrendous. I also maybe would go first half uh, because maybe Tulsa fights back season against the season on the brink. If they get down big, perhaps they, they backdoor it. Uh, But if those guards are out, they have no shot creation. Wichita is actually fairly feisty defensively. I can't recommend Tulsa. Can't do it. You're not going to make me. I bet Tulsa. You've been betting all the stinky teams in the tournaments and they've been doing pretty well, right? Yeah, pretty good. Um, but when they lose, man, they lose bad. Yeah. Not that that matters in this, but uh, yeah, it's, the, the losses sting pretty badly when they don't. And Wichita State, I mean, they're not going to beat anyone by a margin, right? They're kind of a play down to competition, play up to competition team. I don't know. I just Tulsa think, stinks. It's just incredible. You'd be up like 18-ish units by just fading Tulsa the entire year. Yeah, <laughs> five grand on the opponent every time and you're up a hundred grand whatever awesome all right betting's easy matt you get lasalle and fordham fordham minus six i'm leaning towards the dog in here lasalle i've been against yeah these first two games and they've just kind of shoved it up my butt your thoughts <laughs> lasalle's been good i don't think that roster is devoid of talent i think brand dumphy's a while he's old and maybe past his prime, he still can coach, and he's clearly proven that. I don't get why Fordham is taking so much money. Six on a neutral, really? Like, I know Fordham's played much better this year, but they're being priced like they're a bona fide 810 uh, front runner. I don't think they've earned that yet. Big pro Fordham crowd there, Matty, I bet. Yeah, that's true. At the uh, the Barclays. Not exactly Rose Hill, Jim, though, Jim. Let's be, let's be honest. True. All right, Jim, let's get a couple Pat questions here. First one is Grand Canyon in Seattle. The Lopes are two and a half point favorites over the higher seeded Seattle Redhawks. I kind of lean Seattle. I think this is a team that will be better offensively now in the tournament after a horrendous year. Just could not make shots from pretty much anywhere in the court, inside or outside the arc. Grand Canyon's not been a good defensive team, though. They have been more of an over squad. Ray Harrison's been a total machine since Jovan Blackshire got hurt. So I lean Seattle, Kai. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most, when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Matthew, I know you will have an opinion on this game. It's your bows against Cal State Fullerton. Hawaii is a one-point favorite. I think Fullerton Hawaii. was favorite. I think this flipped to Hawaii fave. I'm not, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly here. Your right, thoughts? Yep. 
I got to go with the bows. I don't, it's just kind of tough to back them on the mainland. I think they just have like an inherent, you know, point or point to have disadvantage against the teams that are on the mainland. And Fullerton's been quietly really good down the stretch. Kind of worry about going against that momentum. But still, I am a, a bow believer and bow backer until I die. So I like them here today. Cheap price too. I think they're a good conference tournament futures bet in this format too. But I tough, uh, tough opening round draw for sure. Tough draw in general, yeah. You get past here, you get UC Irvine. It's a tough Irvine league. The next... It's a really, really good league. Like, first top six teams. I would say seven, but Cal Poly beat Beach, which surprised me. Um, Cal Poly's good. Hey, they're back. They're back. Matt, the naysayer on Cal Poly, flips it and goes Cal Poly. Smart. Smart. <laughs> Jim, SEC matchup, Vanderbilt and LSU. Vanderbilt minus four and a half. Question in the chat, thought it was a little bit short, but no Liam Robbins, obviously. Yeah, I think Liam Robbins is worth like three points on a line. So him out, yes. you know, if he was in there, this was four and a half. I'd be smashing the Commodores. LSU looked fairly competent yesterday, albeit against Georgia, who is like, I mean, they just absolutely tanked to end the year. So I have a slight lean to LSU, but uh, Vandy probably has a coaching edge here. I'm sure Matt would, would vouch for that. Uh, no, Robbins just makes me, it's tough for me to step in on that game. I like LSU. Uh, I agree. Wow. Matt, okay. Matt, yeah, I do. Like Matt, this game, this game tips in eight minutes. Um, asked from Daryl here, Ball State and Ohio. Uh, apparently, Boogie Coleman is back for Ball State. Yeah. Ohio is a. It's basically a pick. Ball State minus one. Your thoughts? Ball State taking money right now. If it hits two, I'm going to be an Ohio boy. I think. Um, I just think it's the one team in this conference that's been slept on. Uh, great coach had success in this format before. Uh, Ball State, while well, they've been kind of a sneaky, you know, darling of this of this conference all year, I think their injuries are still lingering. I don't think Coleman's 100 healthy. I don't think Sparks 100 healthy. I think that matters. All right, let's go back to the rundown. Mr. Jim got the rest right. in the holster. Now we can talk Big Twelve. I'm so sorry, Chat Mob, for almost skipping over you. Very disrespectful. Uh, TCU, K State. Yeah, Matt. Very difficult handicaps. I was saying, what is going on with TCU right now? Eddie Lampkin stepping away from the team some allegations of weird abuse or behavior by Jamie Dixon as a TCU believer. I'm trying to frame it as a Kobe King, Wisconsin situation where he was so like mad at guard, but the team rallied around it and was fine without him. I don't know if that's going to be the case with Lampkin here. Uh, TCU a slight favorite. I'd see minus two. Where are you looking in this game? You got to factor in the uh, crowd. Kai won't be Bramlage loud but uh certainly a pretty strong home court contingent do you see for, that double uh, eyebrow from kai there that was pretty good yeah kai's yeah. good at that he doesn't do it enough i agree uh a talent he tends to um to mask but anyway i like k-state here um i'm not really betting against that angle jim i just think it's a pretty cheap price without lampkin um with that kind of quasi home court team that we maybe forgot about down the stretch uh obviously they played their best when it seemed that uh at least when the stakes were highest or at least the spotlight was the brightest early in the conference season i think they come back and play well here today kai just a gut lean for me i like k-state yeah i think tcu being favored by two is kind of interesting um ken ken palm has k-state one bart torvik has a pick since february 1st bart has a pick as well and we know there's no lampkin and we know the instagram messages are strange and Perhaps that lends to questions in the locker room, or it could be a Kobe King thing, like like Jim said. Who knows? We don't. K-State's also a great team, and I think their chemistry is pretty sound. I think Jerome Tang is a, a chemistry master over there. Um, both teams dominated each other at their own places, but the caveat here is TCU did not have Mike Miles against K-State at Bramlage. Only a little bit of an important factor there. It's going to be physical. TCU should win the glass battle even without Lampkin. 
tons and tons and tons of athletes to throw Keontae Johnson. If you made me pick a team here, I would take TCU to win, but I think there is value on K-State at plus two. I think these teams just be a pick uh, on a neutral gym. Kyle, you basically went down my list of points and yes. hit them all, so thanks a lot. Much appreciated. Well, nice um, job. I considered going K-State best bet here, but I think that maybe that's jaded by my my fear that TCU might be a little fraudy. Um, part of that February 1st stuff is that Miles has been out, um, so I think maybe that tilts the line. Like when he's in there, they're just a different team. But they also got smashed by Oklahoma to end the year, which is starting to punch a hole in my this team rocks when he's playing. So I, I'm going to sit this one out. Hopefully TCU rallies and, and looks good here. I, I think they could go on a run in this tournament if they do, because they've matched up really, really well with Texas two times. But we'll see what happens in this meeting. All right. The other Big 12 game that is yet to tip, the aforementioned Longhorns, Texas taking on Oklahoma State. Texas has taken money here. Um, Kai, it's up to Texas minus six, six and, and a half. half. Yeah, it's a little bit of money. Maybe not as much yeah. as, I, as I had initially believed. Uh, Oklahoma State looked pretty solid mm-hmm. yesterday, triple sweeping their uh, Red River rival. You think they keep rolling today against Texas and punch their ticket to the dance? They probably need this one to feel good about attorney birth. If they lose, I think they're 18 and 15, which just just not a great place to be in when you're trying to get that large. Uh, Texas handled them this season. One by 10, one by 14. Oklahoma State had 34 turnovers total in those two games, and now they have no Avery Anderson. I think that's going to be a huge issue today. Texas, we know, has way more talent, and they are way better scoring the basketball than Oklahoma State. It's it's not really close when you compare those two. I have a hard time seeing Texas lose this game, Matt, and I kind of lean their way covering six and a half as well. Um. Torn on this one, I was uh, still jaded from backing Oklahoma State against Texas in both those regular season games. Almost did it a third time. I didn't. I, I worry about Texas coming off the big home win over Kansas. Maybe a little bit of a hangover here with some time off. Oklahoma State riding that momentum uh, from yesterday. Uh, that's just all I got, Jim. Just a slightly into Oklahoma State, but just don't trust this team without Avery Anderson. Um, and uh, I think the line's actually a little bit short given uh, given my concerns there. Yeah, I, I lean Texas. Uh, like Kai said, I, I kind of believe in the, you know, if you really took care of business in two different matchups this year, especially if they played out a little differently, like one was low scoring and one was high scoring and Texas controlled both of them. Uh, so I, I think this is just a, a matchup where they kind of own Oklahoma State. And as Kai said, turnovers are already an issue. Anderson is very important. I, they were talking about him being back to basketball activities, but he's still wearing like a hard cast. Like, I think it's all talk. Close. Yeah. Yeah. He's not close. It, it, it's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I definite Texas lean there uh, to the ACC where North Carolina is trying to fight their way all the way back into the NCAA tournament, but Virginia is taking money. They're now minus two and a half after an opener of one Matthias. I think a lot of that has to do with Armando Baycott's health. He looked really shaky yesterday in the second half. And if you recall, first time these two played back in Charlottesville, Baycott only played one minute, was not really a contributor. Uh, Pete Nance also missed that game. So really shorthanded in the front court, Virginia won by seven. If Baycott is a shell of himself today, that's a real concern. How much is that in the handicap for you, Matt? And which way are you leaning? Yeah, that's the only thing keeping me off uh, North Carolina here. Um, even at the better number at two and a half, I, I, the against the spread data pre um, this season with the Baycott thing, very favorable in in the direction of the Tar Heels. I just think their shot making has been a, a good way to alleviate the pack line. 
and I want to go back to the same point I've been beating the drum on all year. This Virginia team just isn't that good. Um, to continue to think a little bit overvalued in the market. They're obviously overseeded, but the resume, I guess, bears that out with the quality of wins they've racked up. This touches three. I'm tempted, Kai. Um, but uh, not overly eager with, with Baycott, Gimpy. Yeah, UNC won their opening ACC game pretty easily. I still think they need this one to stay in the tourney picture. Will the guards step up? Caleb Love, RJ Davis, this is big time. This is the the spotlight. This is where they kind of thrive. Even without Baycott, that could keep them in this game. They had they did split the series with Virginia after that first game, came back and won it. And Jalen Washington, if you recall in that game, who, who filled in for Baycott, he played great. He had 13 points against Virginia. Maybe they go to him a lot more um, in this game, and he kind of gets his mojo back from that game. I don't know how you can trust Virginia right now. They're 0-6 against the spread the last six games, 2-8 and against the spread the last 10 games. So it's not like they're in great form either. I do lean towards North Carolina as a dog and, of course, hope that Baycott plays. Yeah, it was pretty close to, to a Carolina best bet here. I just think Virginia isn't good. When we saw it in the last time they met in Chapel Hill, it was like a clear UNC win. And the matchup should be okay for for Virginia. They're compact pack line against a team that really can't shoot that well. But UNC still finds a way to out-athlete them. They can kind of pick the pace up a little and Virginia's offense is like the perfect one to go against if you have a little bit of defensive struggles. They're just not that potent. They're not playing Shedrick inside, so they don't have a finisher. It's really jump shot reliant. And I think UNC can at least keep them on the perimeter in that regard. So bigger lean towards uh, UNC. Last one on the outline here, Virginia, or excuse me, Villanova, another B school. Villanova and Creighton. Creighton a five-point favorite at Madison Square Garden. Matt, if you recall few days or like a week or two ago Creighton was like a three and a half point road favorite at Villanova now they're only five on a neutral speaks to the market's affinity for the way Villanova is playing they completely clobbered Georgetown yesterday and the matchup perhaps might play to Villanova here with the way Eric Dixon can move Cockburn yeah. around what are you thinking with this spread like I said Creighton minus five yeah, a little bit of money coming out on Creighton. Just as a general theme observation, all of these teams that set out yesterday, at least like 75% playing a team that's on a back-to-back, all the favorites got hit. The few exceptions, the ones that did not get as hit as much, are fairly explainable. Um, Villanova playing Georgetown was hardly a game. It was more just a, you know kind of a warm-up, shoot-around exhibition. Uh, game was never competitive. But yeah, Jim, you, met, you mentioned the matchup concerns here. I kind of lean toward no bet five, but, uh, but nothing profound. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of a home court edge there in the East Coast, playing close to, to NYC at the Garden, Kai, but I don't know, kind of reaching for straws here. Nothing, line sharp, stay away. Yeah, uh, in the chat, I, I haven't checked this. I'm going to trust you, Chris, blindly here. Uh, he says that Creighton's 1-9 against the spread, against the top of the Big East. Interesting that they're not really stepping up to competition. Yeah, I think Villanova's a tough matchup, Jim, for for Creighton, and it's because of what you said. Eric Dixon being able to pull Kalkbrenner away, he can get hot. We know he can get hot. <laughs> he showed it last game against them. Uh, so I, I do lean towards Villanova at five. Um, nothing, again, nothing profound as well, but it, it just feels like the right play in the old gut. Yeah, I, I think I'd be on Villanova if it was a little higher. Like I said, it, they were three and a half point road favorites. So you'd think it'd be like seven on a neutral here and it's it's five. So the, short, the price continues to come down there. People's love for Villanova is very clear. But yeah, I backed Creighton. I think I had a best bet on him that game. Dixon had like 24 in the first half. He made Mm -hmm. six threes in a row. It was like, all right, there's no way Creighton can guard them if he's just going to be burying from deep. And we know Villanova's got plenty of potent shooters everywhere else. Creighton doesn't really force that many turnovers. Villanova takes care of the ball, so they're going to get shots up. I don't love that matchup for Creighton at all. 
All right, back to chat mob. Kai, what else we got? All right, we're going to start off with uh, Michael, Utah State and New Mexico. Jim, Utah State minus three and a half. I'm kind of leaning Utah State. I think the the common theory is, oh, New Mexico is going to rally here and and make a push towards the postseason. But they're playing like a really short bench. KJ Jenkins got banged up yesterday. They're their usual sixth man. They're really reliant on the, the jump shooting of their two guards, House and Mashburn. Utah State's just a better jump shooting team. So I, I think mm-hmm. this is probably going to be a ton of points, hence the very, very high total. It's like 158 or something like that, which is rare for a Mountain West tournament game. But I do lean towards the Aggies there, and I think they're also slightly better coached. Yeah, New Mexico didn't look very good yesterday against Wyoming. Kind of put a damper uh, on things for me with, with the Lobos. Matthew, Miak action. Morgan State, Maryland Eastern Shore from Gray. UMES uh... minus five and a half. God, I don't know. These conference, I've been, I think this is actually my worst betting conference of the year. I haven't bet many games in this conference. I do lean toward Morgan, just, you know, semi-talented. But again, the injuries have pretty much decimated their season. So it's probably a fool's errand to blindly trust them here again. Nothing for me. All right, Jim, let's go Sienna and Niagara in the MAC. Sienna minus three and a half. I lean Sienna here, but Niagara is kind of a feisty underdog that chunks up the game and, and makes it really, really slow. I just think Sienna is significantly more talented other than Thomason. Like Thomason might be the best player on the floor, even including McCullum. Uh, but Sienna's also healthier down the stretch. They got uh, a guys in and out of the lineup. I think uh, settling in for the postseason, you get the best version of the saints. Uh, so lean to Sienna, but I don't like fading Niagara as a dog. I'm going right back at you with a game that I know you have an opinion on. It's Calbap and Sam Houston. Sam Houston is minus six. Yeah, lean towards Calbap. Uh, low scoring game, a low total game should help the dog. Calbap is seemingly a, a team that people were very in on in the preseason, sort of underperformed. I think Sam Houston overperformed this season. Maybe we see that correct a little bit. Um, and then the three point splits, Calbap just loves to take them. Sam Houston <laughs> gives them up. So maybe Cal Baptist knocks him down. And then the other end, Sam Houston lives by making like a ton of threes or they're a very efficient shooting team. And Cal Baptist takes away the three-point line as well as anybody in that league. So I think there's matchup and stuff that sets up decently for Cal Baptist there. Matt Southern and Alabama A&M. Southern is minus four. Uh, I like the Jaguars in this tournament, but it's four too many. Mm, I lean their way pretty heavily here. I think it's as a... um... Just the whole thing with Southern is that they haven't gotten over the hump in the tournament. I think that narrative plays well in the tournament. And I'm going to use one anecdotal example, Northern Kentucky, um, from this, uh, this, you know, earlier last, I guess, what last week. So I think the Jacks are just better, top to bottom, more talented, had a weird swoon down the stretch. I think because of that, you get a cheaper price to back. I mean, it's a team they're just better than. So I like the Jacks. Sean Woods, let's go. Jim, Pac 12 action from Chris, Colorado. UCLA. UCLA is nine point favorites. We know Jalen Clark is not playing. Thoughts. What do I make of UCLA? What do, what do we think without without Clark? Know. How are they going to look? I mean, they still got a pretty awesome roster uh, between Hawkins and Campbell as the two leaders. The, the freshmen give them a lot of options. Singleton's a great shooter. Uh, KJ Simpson's been out for Colorado. You could maybe make a case that's helped them. Uh, he, he can sometimes be rogue and take bad shots yeah, in half court. Like, yeah, I agree. So I kind of lean Colorado there to, to keep it close. We know they have a high ceiling. They just sometimes have dud efforts, but I don't think mm-hmm. you're getting a dud effort in the postseason. Matt, NC State and Clemson in the ACC. About a pick. I lean towards NC State, but where do you stand? 
Yeah, ACC, they bet the favorite with the day rest advantage heavily. Um, and Memphis getting bet three points from two and a half to now they're favored by one. This is too far. Um, I haven't bet NC State yet. I was on them yesterday, considering backing them here again today. But I look at that Miami score and they're th- you know, throttling Wake. Maybe that's an omen for the favorites being the right angle here in this ACC field at Greensboro. Uh, still, I like NC State at a dog price for sure. I like Clemson. I'm going to throw. They beat NC State by 14 and 25. Like they, they dominated this year, yeah, but twice. So it's true. They did do that. Uh, all right, Jim. Back to the Mountain West we go to UNLV and Boise. It's at Thomas and Mac. That pretty much didn't matter yesterday. <laughs> Five and a half point spread here. Boise's favored. Yeah. Hey, how about I almost added Air Force as a best bet yesterday, and they lost by eight in overtime. That would have been maddening uh, on like a plus six spread. <laughs> I kind of lean towards Boise here. I I think their discipline, their defense gives UNLV a lot of problems. Who's really reliant on Harkless, just kind of bowling ball his way to the rim. Keyshawn Gilbert should be back for UNLV. He was suspended yesterday. So it gives him a little more playmaking, but Boise is just too disciplined. I I think they're going to take care of business. They've taken a decent amount of money, I think, Mm -hmm. despite it being at Thomas and Mack. In the big 10, Minnesota and Maryland, it is Minnesota as a 13 point dog. I know Maryland's crushed them twice, but, I lean towards the Gophers here. I, I think it's too many. Matt, you shook your, I, you nodded your head. Did you no, agree with me, or did you I, disagree? I, I agree. I agree. I think. Uh, sorry, I was kind of a, a diagonal nod to confuse you. Um, yes. I do agree with you. I um, I backed Minnesota small gym and part of my little bet the really crappy team thing. Um, I don't think that is like a carry forward type of angle. I think you usually get the best effort in the first game. However, I do think 13 is too much. It seems Dawson Garcia and Jameson Battle both are healthy. I don't think they should be fav- they're getting 13 points to Maryland. I really don't. Yeah, probably a slow or low possession game, right? That's yeah, keeping angle, I think ugly too. Ben Johnson, right? And I believe they've been shorthanded a couple times they got smashed by Maryland. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Jim Frisco Disco, Rice, UAB, UAB minus 13 and a half. I think UAB crushes them. But uh, and so Rice and UTSA played on court B yesterday, which had a lot more points than court A, <laughs> I, I think matters there. I was watching the two games. There's like different shooting backgrounds in the two of them. Uh, one's like court B is more well lit on the side opposite the curtain. I'm working on a theory there. I'll, I'll, if it works today, I'll bring it on the, the best bet show tomorrow. Uh, but I, I kind of think UAB can can take care of business there. Uh, and finally, we will go to the A-10, Matt, where SLU is facing George Mason. SLU is five-and-a-half-point favorites. George Mason almost lost to Richmond yesterday. Your thoughts? Yep, uh, I'll say it for the fifth time. It's the favorite with the rest advantage getting bet up big, this time two-and-a-half points. And I kind of actually agree with the money here. Uh, Mason should not have won that Richmond game. Got lucky Richmond did not execute down the stretch. I think St. Louis, right, the whole year has been a disappointment for them. Everyone thought they would be an at-large team. This is their last kind of hurrah to make the big push. I think they are ultra locked and motivated. I cannot wait to see a potential slew versus Dayton matchup if we get to it. With apologies to VCU, who just beat Davidson by 18 points. Still, I think slew is the right side here. Very well. Then it's time for best bets. I think Matt goes first. Uh, The chat has picked off my best bet sent. And yes, I will be backing Duke today. But first half, specifically uh, Duke first half minus three. Thank you, Bet Rivers, for that friendly Line. It got bet up to six on the full game from five. Just going to be auto betting Duke until they lose, basically. That's going to be my approach. Um, I just think they're better. Again, back to that whole theme of team with the rest advantage, I think has played well. It's been bet into uh, so far. Um, and yeah, little Coach K, or sorry, Coach S against his old uh, colleague, um, Jeff Capel. I think they get it done today. I'm going Ohio State, the 
Ohio State University at plus four and a half. Um, I just like this current version of Ohio State. They've played much better without Zed Key in the lineup. Go figure. Uh, they split the season series with Iowa, and they have a lot of size and strength on the perimeter. I think they can kind of bully Iowa out there on the arc. Ohio State, four and a half, Jim. Just get the first 25 minutes version yesterday where they were. Yes, not the last, Wisconsin, not the end of the game. <laughs> then the shell-shocked version that like hid in a cocoon for the last 10 minutes. Yes. My goodness. But yeah, no, I I, I kind of like that too. And Iowa took money there, so you're getting a, a little extra value. Um, Matt or Kai and I are going against the, the angle that Matt's talking about with the mm-hmm. the dog that played yesterday. I'm taking Wazoo plus two and a half against Oregon. But man, I, I love the Cougars, the way they're trending lately. Uh, took care of business in a low possession game against Cal yesterday. Oregon super inconsistent, and I just don't really trust their guards uh, outside of Will Richardson. Wazoo's been really, really solid since they've gotten healthy. I, I think they're still a little bit underpriced in the market being plus two and a half here. I think it should be closer to a pick. Still think the Cougars are going to make a nice little run in this tournament. So I will go with Wazoo plus two and a half. That wraps it up. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I know the games have started, so we appreciate the chat hanging out with us through uh, through the show. Shout out to Bet Rivers. Shout out to Run Your Pool. Sign up there. Feel the 68's uh, invitational in that. But that's it for today. We are back tomorrow, Friday at, I believe, 12 Eastern, correct? 11 a.m. We are back Central. at the earlier time tomorrow, correct, Jim? Yes, 9 o'clock yes. Pacific. Which is great for me since I'm going to a tennis tournament tomorrow. What? Can you believe that? Uh, yeah, more information about that tomorrow. But thanks for tuning in, everybody. Good luck with your picks today. Enjoy the big smorgasbord of games. We'll see you tomorrow.